Welcome to the show. I am your host, Todd Dallas-Lamb, and you're listening to On The Clock. On The Clock is a venture with the Strategos Podcast Network, where we feature an array of guests to dive into all things education. We hope you enjoy. Welcome back to On The Clock. I am your host, Todd Dallas-Lamb, and today we have as our guest, Sioux Falls School District, Jane Stavum, an old friend. How are you, Jane? How, how are things going on in South Dakota? I am doing well, Todd. We're starting the last full week of school, and I don't care how many years you do this, it's still exciting when you're on the countdown. It just is. You know, a graduation ceremonies are uh, underrated. You know, I mean, they are one of the most hopeful, wonderful things in the world, and I bet you're looking forward to going out and patting some people on the back and uh, giving a speech or two and, and, and <laughs> sending some students on to life. Yep. And you know what my favorite part is about graduation is it's the time when I can see every student individually as they walk by. I look at each of their faces and I'm always overwhelmed with the sense of responsibility that I hope we did our jobs well because I'm sending you out into the world. And it's a pretty big deal, but I like to look at them as people. It, it is a big deal. And, and uh, what an awesome and cool responsibility you have. I, I was thinking through, we've been doing, we're probably on podcast 20 now over the last year. And I love, what I love about American education is how everybody gets to do it just a little differently. And I was wondering if you might just give us a sense. Uh, I, I, would, I would recommend to any listener, if you ever have a chance to drive through our country, go through the Dakotas. It's, it's one of the most beautiful geographic sites you can actually see in this country. It also gives you a chance to lock your kids in the car as <laughs> I did about seven years ago and just give facts, you know, like right. I would just give like state facts on every state we went through and South Dakota was one of them. Tell yep. us a little bit about Sioux Falls as a, as a city and as a community and uh, give us a little insight into your district. Well, I want to be a little bit careful because um, it's a great place and you, know, yeah, you don't want too many people showing up, ruin it, but yeah. it's, it's a beautiful part of the, the United States. And, you know, I'm a Midwestern kid. I grew up in Nebraska and South Dakota was kind of on the way to Minnesota, but Sioux Falls is a happening place. I mean, we've been on the Food Network this year. So, you know, you got to have something going right if it, the Food Network comes calling, but a thriving downtown, a really... Um, vibrant shopping area, a lot of, um, you know, um, Sioux Falls owned businesses down there. We have the falls, of course, the falls of Sioux Falls. Some people don't realize that's what Sioux Falls are. Um, and that's a great place. It's a really interesting area to go and walk around and a lot of walking trails, bike trails that go all around the city. And then you've just got a really growing community and a lot of uh, building going on, a lot of developments, um, new buildings coming in the downtown. A lot of times you see a downtown that's dying and ours is not. And at the heart of all of that is a really tightly knit, caring, thriving business community in terms of the chamber. Um, our mayor is a great mayor who's very progressive in his thinking. And it's just, um, it's got a heartbeat and it's a really fun place to be. Always something going on like you know, farmers markets and local food trucks. And just, it's a neat place. I think, you know, I tell people I've lived in a few different places and I took them all and smashed them together. It'd be Sioux Falls. What is the industry there? What, what, is, what are the jobs that people are coming there for? 
you know, all kinds of them. Of course, the school district is a great place to be employed, um, but then we have um, large banking industry. We have um, big uh, tech coming to town. We have one of those big large name companies that you typically associate with the West Coast coming here to Sioux Falls. Um, and then there's Smithfield. You know, you heard about Smithfield on the news. It's a large pork producer um, packing plant. Um, there's, um, you know, just kind of a, an eclectic bunch. And then you have tourism in South Dakota. People come to see Wall Drug and the Corn Palace and head out to the Black Hills. So, you know, there's there's a lot of reasons why people are coming. Um, there's also a heavy um, military presence with the National Guard and the Air National Guard. We have our friendly jets that fly over every week and um, a really growing um, military base here. So, there's, there's just a lot happening in South Dakota and particularly here in the largest city of Sioux Falls. I know you talk about the industry that's coming and I, I having known you over the years, I know that workforce is, and, and giving students a sense of what is possible. Why, are you, why am I learning this has been a question that kids have asked yeah. for a hundred years. I'm, I suspect you're really tied into the workforce there because that's a thing for you educationally, getting kids ready to, to join the workforce in, in Sioux Falls. Yeah, we have also a couple of really large medical providers in the community and um, the partnerships that exist with them that exist with our higher ed partners. We have a, a number of higher ed institutions in Sioux Falls and Within all of those and, and, you know, the hotel and hospitality industry, the production, all of that, everybody is worried about the same thing, which is workforce, because we have a very, very low rate of unemployment here in Sioux Falls. And um, now we have some of these really large corporations coming to town. And I think people are a little unsure about how that's going to affect workforce. And what so, uh-huh. What do they tell you that they need? Do you, I, I suspect you go to a lot of uh, events in the in the community and, and these business owners will come and say, I just can't find this. What is, right. what is it that they're looking for these days? Well, first of all, they're looking for somebody who will show up every day. Mm. That's kind of step one. And you think that's pretty simple, but it's, it's, you know, if you don't get that, you don't have anything. And so it's people who come to work, who are committed to being there and then who have, the technical skills, whatever that might be. And it's everything from, you know, the people who keep things clean and looking great every day to people who are skilled using technology and people who have um, some niche skills, you know, high tech, uh, keeping cybersecurity in line is a big need for everybody. I mean, it's everything. It's nurses, it's teachers, it's custodians. It's, um, you know, just everything that you can think of within a particular business. Everybody is feeling like they're coming up short. Welders, you know, all of the things we hear about in a lot of different places. Yeah, you, you hear nursing and you hear welding uh, are the two big needs. Uh, and you can make a lot of money doing both, I'm, I'm told these days. Yes. I, you know, you mentioned showing up on time. I think somebody famously once said, you know, 90% of, of success is just is just showing up. And it seems to me that schools have always been a particularly good way to gut level program a student because everything is showing up on, on a schedule, on, a, on an almost institutional schedule where the bell rings three times and you know you have, and I think what happens historically is it produces a bunch of people that just 
have to be at the same that have to be somewhere on time. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's happening these days that that is maybe not giving students or inculcating them with that notion of being there on time? Do you think? Oh, that's a hard question. You know, some of it comes down to basic needs like transportation and Mm -hmm. um, the needs of a family. So you might have a younger sibling at home. Mom and dad have to go to a job. You might have to miss a period or two until grandma or, or, you know, some other arrangement is made. Um, And some of it might be apathy. Um, And I think, you know, this year of all years, it's it's been a little tougher. You know, in Sioux Falls, we've been in session all year long. We didn't stop um, because of the word which we shall not name. But, um, you know, (laughs) it's the C word. The C word. That that works for me. I just I think it's so many things. But we're really trying to dig into that in our in our district and in our state. It's a little too easy for you to um, fall off the radar after a series of um, non-attendance and you know you got to come at it from all sides it's what do you what do you do first and foremost in the classroom that's engaging to students and so we're looking at our programs can you find what it is you're interested in doing and then it, it's do you have everything you need to to get there and to have food and have you know the the basic needs of of shelter are you homeless right now or do you have a place where you can sleep so you can get up in the morning and feel good And then, um, you know, what are you doing before and after school? Do we have a place for you to be so that you don't have to be nowhere? You can be somewhere instead of nowhere. And then our our community partners are awesome. This is one of the most philanthropic, giving, caring places you will ever find anywhere for having after school programs or for having volunteers or mentoring. And so I just, I always think of it kind of as this whole insulation that has to go around a student so that they can come to school every day and connect. And they want to do that day after day after day. You know, there's always some life situations that I think get in the way. Um, But kids are resilient. If we help them overcome those, they can stay in the game. It's when they, can't and when they don't have any supports that then they kind of fall away and and we can't let that happen well if you're if you're hungry and you don't know where you're going to stay getting to first period is not really high on the on the priority list is it yeah it's a pretty big deal so you know we 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 brushed around the c word for the last year you were mentioning in a pre-production of this podcast a lot of your friends and your in your in your profession or leaving. Yeah. Uh, what's, what's in, what's, what's behind that other than the obvious COVID has been brutal, but like things are back to normal effectively these days and hopefully going forward. Why are so many people opting out? Uh, you know, I think it's a lot of things. Um, you know, this year wasn't just a year of, of things that were going to drive people out of the profession, but it might've been the straw that that caused you to make that choice um you know it depends on where you were for one thing i was in a district last year uh, where COVID hit first with the first death happening in the district where i was it was a very different version of things than the way things played out initially in sioux falls it was huge stress but there's no agreement and there was no agreement at that point about what you should do. Should you stay open? Should you close? Should you wear a mask? Should you not wear a mask? I had a really united board um, in both places that helped us get through things there. 
And then when I came to Sioux Falls, had that same unity and helped us get open and stay open. If you had a board that wasn't unified and you had people fighting about those very fundamental decisions that you had to make, that wasn't a good place to be. Then you have the political forces around you and um, who's telling you to do one thing in this ear and who's telling you to do something else in this ear. And there were no right decisions for a lot of people this year. Add to that the cumulative effect of um, staff and student deaths, natural disasters, school shootings, uh, you know, finding people to do jobs that are very difficult, having your own personal life and family needs. Um, it gets to be a lot. And I think um, there were people that if you were maybe eligible to retire, you might have gone a few more years, but you decided that you'd had enough or you were just really tired of being in the middle of the crossfire and getting hit from all sides. And it takes people's joy away. And we have to still be able to find joy in our work. And when that's gone, then you've either got to find something else to do or you risk your own personal health and you risk the health of your family. You know, people were getting threatened by, by people through all of this. They had board meetings that were coming undone. They had endless protests and you know, people underestimate the number of nasty emails that uh, a superintendent gets in a given day when you had just this cacophony. And I think it was just probably uh, too much at, at some point, or you just didn't have to take it anymore. I, I have a quote from a football coach that I admire, and, and he he was an old-fashioned football coach. He liked to run the ball. And he said about pa passing the, the ball, there was three things that could happen and two of them are bad. And I feel like that's the way our superintendents have been the last year. Like, no matter what they chose, there was a pretty strong constituency on the other side. Let's face it, this thing broke down kind of, not kind of, terribly politically. And, and then you add to that social media, which is something that probably no superintendent over the age of 40 ever dreamed of learning about when they were in college. They never thought that, that social media would be an aspect of their job once they attained this. Uh, and and where, where 10 people can become something like a mob on, on social media to complain about whatever decision you made. And, and you really don't have anybody watching your back, do you, in, in, in that kind of situation? You, you're really on your own. Well, yes, unless you have a great team like I do. I mean, a lot of a lot of us have teams that help us with that, but at some point it becomes so big, so fast that you either have to decide you're going to engage and try and shape your narrative or you completely ignore it and you do what needs to be done. Um, you know, and, and the thing is our, our media um, has become so dependent upon social media. So, you know, you're trolling Instagram to get an article for a local newspaper or, you know, three parents call you now and that makes a story as opposed to how we used to determine if something was number one, true. And, you know, number two, something that was actually something that enough people were interested in that it deserved to be reported and written about in a way that's informative. I mean, a, a lot of that is just lost and to find truth um, has become very difficult for people. We kind of centered our practices around our local schools being the purveyor of our information and trying to do our very best job to communicate what was necessary for a parent to know about their child's school and what was happening and 
Um, you know, here where, where we live in, in Sioux Falls, the majority of our families really wanted and expected our schools to stay open. That wasn't the same everywhere. So even trying to find uniformity, even across the United States, every every state was so different. And then every community within every state was different. I can go, you know, 300 miles down the road and find a, a different picture of things in terms of the mindset that might exist. And that's, you know, when has that really been true that you couldn't even find common practice, common expectation, common sentiment, um, even by community within, you know, a smaller geographic area. That's just, it's all been new territory and just really hard on people. And, you know, it's it's not just district by district, it's house by house. I was called yeah. a super spreader earlier this year, and that was by my wife. <laughs> right? I cannot help you with some things, Todd. You're on your own when it comes to a few issues. <laughs> so great. Um, well, th and thankfully we are past. And you are also, uh, Jane, an author. Tell me about some of the books you've you've written. I know you're working on one as well currently. Yeah, I've published one book um, on student mobility because really where my heart lies is that every student has a great experience when they come to a school. And sometimes we do a great job of that. If it's the beginning of the year, you come during open house and all the niceties that we do at the beginning of the year, people can get really connected very easily. But if you come in the middle of the year or even towards the end of the year, you might not have a great experience or as good of an experience as you could have had. Um, and then we really want to get parents connected. You know, a lot of the work that we're doing right now in Sioux Falls is about connecting well with all of our families, not just the ones that are easy to reach and how we do that. So um, I wrote a book about how to kind of do a needs assessment in your school and just do a better job of planning for um, students who come and go more frequently. And then uh, 10 years in the making has been a children's book that I'm finally going to get published uh, later this year. And it's a total departure from my adult book. It's about uh, a little goose who looks up and sees the geese flying uh, south for the winter in the shape of a B V, and he thinks that it would be much better to try all the letters of the alphabet. So um, Flying V, the alphabet takes flight, will be coming out later this year. And then I'm working on another book um, with the same publisher of, as my first book, about kind of some of what we were talking about, that cumulative stress and trauma that we experience as school administrators. And we're often busy taking care of everybody else and making sure that our systems are working. We handle that crisis event, but at some point it affects you as a human being as well. And you have years and years of that. And I think it's really important for us to recognize that and to do um, the steps along the way that it takes to let go of some of that as we make our way through what's hopefully a very long career. And so um, that's something um, I'm characterizing right now as long game leadership. And I think we've got some people taking um, these administrative roles, either as a principal or a district administrator, very, very young. And if I put you in that seat at you know age 32, how am I going to get you to the finish line when you have social media itself or when you have some really traumatic events that we deal with in the life of a school district? I, I've said it a million times. I think that the biggest thing you can learn in education is the understanding the politics of the job. I, I just heard about 
a superintendent, an assistant superintendent from Houston going to Missouri, taking over the top spot in Missouri. And my first thought was, holy smokes, I mean, what do you know about Missouri? I mean, do you understand the politics of that? It's very different. You, you have a different, you have an accent that you're going to bring from Texas to Missouri. And, and you're going to have people looking at you funny because you just talk differently because that's, that's the way it works in American politics. And, and I, I, I really think that American education colleges should be focused on uh, as much politics as they are curriculum instruction as anything else, because it has such an effect on your likelihood of success down the road. Yeah. Yeah. You better figure out how to learn it quickly. You know, I've, I've done that a, a few times and even just the structure from one state to another, it's very, very different. You know, here in South Dakota, the secretary of education is appointed by the governor in another state where I've been, they are elected. Um, state Board of uh, Standards, it's called here, are appointed rather than elected. And that changes the dynamics of some things and in terms of your state department and, and how that works during a legislative session. I've been in a unicameral and I've been in states with the two houses and it's very, very different. And so, you know, you want to say it's about relationships and we believe that to be true and it, and it really is, but it's still politics. And so you have to understand that local political scene, the state level political scene, and then how that plays with an ever-changing federal political scene. And it, you know, it's, it's every day is a little different sometimes. Yep. And you have like the feds bringing you money and your, your local, your local political people may or may not like that politician sending you that money and how you handle that is, is a whole aspect of your job too, right? It's crazy. Yes, it is. Um, yeah. It's, you know, sometimes things are nicely in sync one with the other and other yeah. times they're in conflict um, locally and federally. So yeah, you just never know what an election will bring and you just have to adapt. And for me, it's keeping what's best for students always at heart that you can never go wrong with that. And then bringing your board along and knowing your community and what your community will and won't tolerate and really trying to meet the needs of families and what they want for their kids. So you mentioned that Sioux Falls was recognized by the Food Network. Talk to me, uh, what what food were they so interested that they had to make their, their way out there? I'm, I'm, well, I'm there were some great uh, restaurants that were featured, but a new word that I had to learn about when I came to South Dakota is chislick. Tell me about it. Chislick. Well, I'm, I'm still not certain exactly what <laughs> it is. It's it's little pieces of fried stuff that apparently is is a gourmet um, feature here in South Dakota, but you can find different versions of Chislick. And of course, you know, everybody's got their favorites. It's kind of like Friday night fish fries of, you know, you got to go to this one to get this thing, but yep. that's a word, you know, people can look it up and, and do some, uh, <laughs> do some, uh, research on Chislick, but I'm, I moved to, uh, Maryland in 2000 from California and my whole life I'd never heard what a bull roast was that's a thing here in Maryland a bull roast uh, which is basically just smoked beef but oh well sounds really cool Jane Stavum you are the superintendent of Sioux Falls it sounds like an amazing place to be you're an incredible leader I really appreciate you being on the show please tell our listeners um, how they might reach you on social media or otherwise absolutely go to the Sioux Falls school district homepage, and you'll find me on there and I'm avoiding drama, so you won't find me on Facebook. I'm well hidden. And uh, LinkedIn is another great way to find me and connect. 
And uh, I tweet occasionally, but you'll have a hard time finding me there too, because this year is all about staying out of the drama. I just like to watch somebody else's drama. <laughs> a no drama mama. James no drama Salem. with this girl. I love it. Well, congratulations on your book that's coming out and the ones you've written already. Please look her up. She's fantastic. And make your way to South Dakota as soon as you can. Sounds like Sioux Falls is amazing. Jane, thanks again. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Stop and have a cup of coffee. <laughs> If you want to learn more about the show, please visit www.strategosgroup.com. Please consider subscribing on your podcast streaming platform so you don't miss out on our next episode. And until next time, I'm Todd Dallas-Lamb, signing off. <laughs>